Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome. What is up? Come <laughs> on. We are ready to cook with gas this yeah, evening. Gasoline all over the place. Who are you? Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing That's, here? That is the question. <laughs> I'm ready to host the webcast. Your name is? Uh, my name's Stephen Daniel Kessler. Oh, wow. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And where, where do you live? I live in Waterloo, Ontario. And you are a... Singer. I am a Simple Church Regional Director in Waterloo. Waterloo University, oh, baby. Well, welcome. It is an honor to be in your presence. Pre- presence. <laughs> presence. Well, I'll do it all the start. It's an honor to be here. It's I'm hyped. Okay, this cool. is going to be fun. What are you talking about? Today, we're talking about how, uh, how not to be led by emotions Ooh. slash how does your personal walk with Jesus impact your leadership? Spoiler alert, it pretty much is all going to define your yeah. It's good. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be really good. And that's all for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. That's great. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <clears throat> I got something I got to tell you. So get ready for another breakthrough. So let me show you what I mean. What I got is the new thing. Listen up. I'm going to say it all right now. All right, well, we're going to kickstart things with news of the week. First up for news this week, Sunday gatherings. We have a big, exciting shift happening at our McMaster regions. So starting uh, August 8th, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, we're going to be moving to uh, combined services. So McMaster A and C will be meeting together and McMaster B and D will be meeting together. Let's go. First time in a long time we're going to be all together in sort of a larger format style gathering. Really looking forward to it. Thankful for the team to pull it together. So make sure your simple churches don't miss out and uh, it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. Yeah, awesome. Uh, next Simple Church Rally, that's on August 29th. Save that date. I know you've already saved it. Save it again. Save it on your mom's phone, your brother's phone, (laughs) your Simple Church's phone. Get that in the calendar and make sure if you haven't with your Simple Church, make sure everybody knows about it. Make sure you guys are signed up on Engage. Yep. And that way you can join the chat and the conversation right on Engage. It's going to be good. Sweet. Um, Also, exciting news. Believe it or not, this is the very last episode of the Discipleship webcast in its current incarnation. Like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis, next week, the Simple Church, uh, the Discipleship webcast becomes the Leaders' Assembly. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be moving the chat uh, from the stream chat on Discord to a new chat on Engage. Everyone that has enrolled or completed the Fully Alive Covenant will automatically be placed into that chat tomorrow. And so excited to see that come out. Really excited to see this platform continue to develop to serve our leaders and those that have covenanted and said yes to uh, what's happening in our church family and the mission that we're on together. And so... Uh, if you know someone that needs to work through or could walk through the Fully Alive Covenant, uh, I posted a link today to our Simple Church leaders, but anyone can go over to the Engage courses and uh, enroll in that, and that will automatically give them access to the Leaders Assembly links and chat coming out tomorrow. Sweet. Last piece of news is Welcome Week modules uh, are happening. Make sure you work through yours with your Simple Church. I know I did with mine last week. It was awesome, really encouraging. So if you haven't yet, Welcome Week is coming around the corner, so get yourself prepped. That said, it is time to celebrate. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm going to kickstart things. Can I do the honors? Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. So I want to celebrate our family at Brock, who is uh, organizing some prayer walks. Our Brock fam, man, they know how to pray. I just want to celebrate them for praying consistently and love to see. uh, It's been encouraging to see people joining them for prayer walks. Yeah. Celebrating York, who met three new people on campus this Sunday. Uh, They played volleyball with them, had awesome conversations. You got to love Ina, of course, playing volleyball. Of course. Multiplication. Awesome guys. Awesome. Awesome job, York. It's <laughs> awesome. And we got uh, Wembo and Toyu who have been handing out some uh, dual English and Chinese Bibles, which is really cool. So and cool. they, this Sunday, are going to be hosting a gathering for a bunch of people from their simple church, from the Alpha they've been leading, as well as our church family. Details have been posted to uh, Discord. You're welcome to join in. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Maxi and Mohawk had a worship night last week. 
that went amazing. Shoutouts to Paula and Dan Wilding who led that. Thanks, guys. Um, leading our church in worship. And shout out as well, Kirsten and Adam Rudy for just opening up their home and making that happen. Also want to thank uh, Elijah and Felicia Wilding, as well as Holly for stepping up to join the kids team. Man, kids team is amazing. We yes. love you guys so much. Thanks for helping to love our kiddos and our future kiddos as more kids get added into our church family. Yeah, so let us know what you're celebrating with your Simple Church this week. We really want to hear it. It's encouraging. Drop that in the chat right now. Awesome. We're going to kick it over to Ruben and Vivian as they share what they're appreciating celebrating this week. We just wanted to celebrate our barbecue SME that's been happening the past few weeks. Yeah, we've gotten the opportunity to have lots of good food, lots of great conversations, and yeah, lots of sports uh, with neighbors and all the friends that we brought along. Yeah, so please pray that we get the opportunity to share the love of God with them, share Jesus with them, share how Jesus has affected our life with them. Hi guys, my name is Vivian and I'm part of the MAC-A region and part of the Welcome Week team. So earlier today we had a Q&A session where we have people from three different regions come out. It's been so cool to see simple churches, regions, and our whole church pull together for Welcome Week. And I can't wait to see all of those super cool things that God will do on our campuses this fall. Enjoy the webcast. Awesome. Well, I am here with uh, Jerry from our York region, recently stepped up to Simple Church Apprentice, has been a part of the family there. Tried to get this interview a few weeks ago, but we got it working today. Jerry, welcome to the Discipleship Webcast. It's great to have you tonight. Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So how this is, I got to hear this story. How did you get connected to the Lift Church family at York? Yes, um, I was at York. Um, I was studying and I witnessed people. Um, hanging out and inviting people with them. Um, at first, I thought it was a college advertisement, advertisement, uh, and then um, Hannah Stace and Annie George came up to me and invited me to hang out with them. Um, but initially, I said no because I was studying, and but then I saw how they were inviting other people, um, and I witnessed that this was about something different than just a university group, but. Uh, this was this was about Jesus. It was about um, they were talking about faith and inviting people. And so um, and also it was the t uh, time where I was looking and praying for a new church because my current church and other church were closed due to COVID. Awesome. I love that the York family was just present, making invitations. What a great example. And I love how random it was. Like you just got connected from a, uh, a simple invitation to, hey, come come join us. It's amazing. Just come come hang out with us, how powerful that can be. So recently you stepped up to Simple Church Apprentice. Uh, tell me about that decision and uh, what have you been learning in the process as you've been starting to, uh, to walk the road of apprenticing? So attending gatherings, um, uh, really helps uh, build relationships, like godly, godly relationships. And I've seen myself prioritizing and hungering for um, building godly relationships, whether it's through gatherings or huddles. And um, um, the, the guys at York have really helped me um, build that relationship. And um, I felt that I was running from leadership roles or um having a responsibility at church in the past because uh, I've made excuses to not get involved. But this time I feel like God has been teaching me uh, humility to worship him. And also it's a process to grow in my own faith because it's hard to worship and serve God independently. Uh, being a lone ranger, lone ranger is hard. Um, so by apprentice, by apprentice, by, by apprentice, uh, this will build relationships uh, with both both those who know Jesus and those who don't quite know yet. And apprenticeship will push me to do more than just attending church. Um, uh, it will um, give me uh, the sense that uh, it's important to uh, walk with Jesus in community. I love that. I love it. You highlight you can't be a lone ranger and so many people. And I think this is the thing I love about our church the most is that we believe that each person is something to bring to the kingdom. 
And uh, we don't want to just sit on the sidelines, but be contributors, disciple making disciples, each of us. So, what what do you when you when you are looking at the apprenticeship? What are you excited for? And what kind of hopes, dreams? What are you praying for that God does uh, in your simple church and uh, at York University? Um, the first thing that would excite me the most is to serve God actively at church. Um, it's one thing that I've never done it before. Um, I, I know that. Um, Serving God is not in vain. God sees and God knows and he rewards. Um, and also the the other thing is that um, what God has already been giving me, his, um, his talents and gift, I want to give it back to him to serve him and the campus. And also that I've never stepped up to take responsibility at church. So this will be challenge, an exciting challenge for me to develop my own faith. Uh, to become more like Christ, and I would love to see more disciples um, be made within my simple church uh, here at York, and more students being made fully alive in the hope of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, come on, get a little preach on at the end there. I love it. Jerry, it's great Jerry, it's great to have you. It's uh, such an encouragement. Thank you for stepping up. Know that you are appreciated, that you're loved, and that you're an important part of our family. And so I'm going to pray for you before we send you on your way. Jesus, we just uh, we praise you that each person in our church is precious, important, and, uh, Lord, that they have been appointed for such a time as this to, to bear your name and uh, make disciples. Lord, we thank you for Jerry. We pray that you'd encourage him, uh, Father, that his work, that his uh, obedience uh, to step up, to help us in making disciples, to be faithful to your command. Uh, Lord, we, we pray you bless him, help him, encourage him. Uh, and Lord, the rest of the York family, we just pray that they would know that they are loved and cherished by the whole Lift Church family. We thank you, uh, Lord, for this time together. Amen. Awesome. Jerry, thanks so much. It's been great to have you, and hopefully we'll see you very soon. We'll be all together for Simple Church Rally, so hopefully, Jerry, you'll be there and uh, have a chance to connect with uh, many, many others from the Lift Church family. So be blessed, brother. All right, well, we'll be right back in just a second with the Discipleship Resource of the Week. Discipleship Resource of the Week, which is accompanied by an exciting update to the Discipleship Resource system as a whole. So starting right now, uh, Discipleship Resources will no longer require an email or a download request. You'll be able to access them directly from your account or even from a public account on Engage. And so if you go to your Engage account and you scroll down to the bottom and click Discipleship Resources, if you're not logged in, the same link is available at the top um, on under Discipleship Resources, of course, also on mobile. And you'll notice here that instead of saying download, it now says view. So I want to highlight a new guide that we've put together on housing. And so if you click this view link, it simply takes you directly to the resource. So if I click view here, you'll notice that here the resource is immediately available. You don't have to click any links. And the link is shareable. So you can send the link to family, friends, Simple Church members directly really want to encourage people to make use of the resources. To help you get familiar, you'll notice that in the center of the screen, there's a text version. So we're going to start to produce more blog post style text version of the resources to make them more digestible and easy to read and easy to share. On the right, you can still download the regular resource. This one that we've put together is brand new, just released on housing. So many of you live in shared housing situations. And the question is, how do we be effective from a discipleship and missional standpoint with our housing? We've learned a ton over the last 15 years of making disciples and working in different kind of shared housing scenarios. And we've collated so much of that wisdom and knowledge from our cross our church family into this document to help you thrive in your house with those that you live with. So I would encourage you to walk through this guide as you consider where you live. We're releasing it now so that if you're still working through it into this fall, it will be helpful. But especially in the winter next year, we want this resource to be available for people planning housing. So who should you live with? Where should you live? 
how should you structure the home and how do you manage conflict are just four of the questions that this document and resource helps you answer. So the link is available. Someone can drop it in the chat. They can go straight to the resource. That's it for Discipleship Resources. I'm going to pass it over for Daily Devo Reflection this week, and then we'll be right back to hear from Mr. Kessler. Hey church, I am Susan. I'm a simple church leader from Mac Region A, and I'm doing the Daily Devos Reflection um, from Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Um, I think this was a very beautiful passage that described some uh, important aspects of Jesus's character. Um, it describes Jesus as our compassionate high priest and someone who's not separated from our struggles. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Um, and yeah, I think that's amazing. We can go to Jesus with our weaknesses, our temptation, our struggles with anything, and he will provide mercy and grace. But um, he's also... Um, sinless, and he can provide strength, and we can rely on him in our time of need. What up, church? Uh, happy to be with you. Super honored to be here. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Today, we're talking about the impact of your personal walk with Jesus on leadership and how not to be led by emotions. I'm gonna just disclaim here. Um, I am not a great teacher or speaker. So anything you hear today that you don't understand, please talk to your simple church leader, talk to your district leader, talk to your simple church regional director, um, get some clarification from them, talk through it. Um, I don't know if this is going to make sense or not, but do that and should, should all be good. <laughs> Let's jump in. Um, an often diagnosed issue in leadership is the attempt to lead out of our own strength. Today, we're going to be talking about more than just that, but leading or trying to lead uh, out of emotions or being led by emotions rather than a strong, intimate relationship with Christ. Um, so, yeah, how how do we not be led by our emotions? Um, and how does our personal walk with Jesus impact our leadership? Well, first, let's talk about why is this even important? Um, we can't love like Jesus uh, if we don't know Jesus' love. We can't be like Jesus if we don't know what Jesus is like. So First and foremost, having a personal relationship with Jesus is key in any aspect of life, but especially in leadership. Because um, everything you do and say and think uh, is all going to flow out of how well you know Jesus and how, um, how your life is, is spent with him. Um, also, faith is a family affair. It's not an individual thing. So my personal walk with Jesus isn't really a personal walk with Jesus. Um, your life and your actions and everything you do, uh, including your personal walk with Jesus, greatly affects the people around you, and it should. Uh, it should affect your simple church. It should affect the people you have interactions with, and it does. So this is something that's really important to be cultivating um, and... And yeah, to, this is the first thing, you guys. <laughs> um, so let me be clear as well about one thing before we go any deeper, uh, before I say anything else. Your feelings really matter. Your hurt really matters. Your pain is valid. Um, it's really important that we as a family care for each other, see each other's pain, emotions, um, and care for each other's feelings. So when someone's hurting, comfort them. Take the time to listen and um, be there for them. Feelings are not an insignificant thing for any of us. So this is not dismissing feelings or emotions at all. That being said, you don't have to feel 
happy or calm or whatever to be doing a good job or to be doing the right thing. The mission that we as a family are on together, um, that we've been called to, it's not easy. It can be slow, it can be confusing, it can be heartbreaking, it will be painful <laughs> at times. Um, 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 19 says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not know, or sorry, for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should submit, so should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. This is a guarantee that you're going to suffer. <laughs> you're going to have really bad emotions. You're going to feel bad. And that part of that is the will of God. Um, <clears throat> I don't have to tell you that you'll feel pain or stress or sadness or a host of any other negative emotions because you already do feel those things or you already have for sure. We all do. I can't tell you how many times I've felt all these things in the past year um, coming to Waterloo. Cassie doesn't need to tell you how many times she's felt all these things since coming to Waterloo, leaving her family behind because she believes that students in Waterloo need to know the life that Jesus offers. That's a part of the amazing life that we have in Jesus. We get the immense honor and blessing of introducing others to him, but it's definitely not easy. You all know that. <laughs> I'm uh, preaching to the choir here. <laughs> if you had a bad day, let me know in the chat. Simple Church. If your Simple Church member just said something in the chat, comfort them. <laughs> we all suffer. This is a part of life. We know that, but don't let those feelings lead you or make you think, um, you know, you've got it all wrong. Jesus felt those things too. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great, great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. It says Jesus was the pioneer of our faith, he was the first one, the example of what our mission is and what it's going to be like. Jesus suffered a lot. He agonizes in the garden. He bleeds. He is tortured. He is humiliated. He's every, every one of those bad emotions, he feels those. And he does it for us. And the whole time he considers the joy that's ahead of him. So he doesn't let those negative feelings deter him or make him feel like it's not the will of God. He knows exactly what God wants him to do, and it hurts, but he still does it. And that's the example that we're given. He's the pioneer for that kind of life. So here are some symptoms um, that 
this may be an issue in your life. You may be led by your emotions rather than your relationship with Jesus. The first one is if you are fearful of conversations. This is, well, all of these kind of strike a chord with me because I'm talking from experience. When I moved uh, to Waterloo, I felt like I had so much going on, uh, trying to find a job, trying to figure out my new living situation with random guys that I had never met, uh, trying to get a grip on what I'm doing in Waterloo and starting a simple church and every new task that I was asked to do, even if it was just celebrating something, I'm sorry, Morgan. Uh, Every time one of my leaders asked to schedule a meeting, um, I was super fearful, even to the point where Dan Lubo uh, sent me a text and I would see that little text bubble pop up from Dan and I'd get a jolt of anxiety. I'm like, no, (laughs) don't text me. I can't look at this. Um, I was so fearful. I was full of fear. I didn't want to have those conversations. I recognized, though, that I was trying to do what I felt like was so much, was too much, um, out of this place of Stephen the leader. Stephen has to do so many things. So much is expected of Stephen out in Waterloo. Um, I was not trying to tackle any of this um, out of a place of intimacy with Jesus. And that's where that fear really came from. The next symptom um, is having too much, having too much to do or always rushing. If you feel like you never have enough time to get everything done, you feel like, as I described to Dan this week, like you're chasing after this bus of doing well um, at whatever it is, and you're just kind of picking up the pieces along the way, um, that's a symptom that you're leading or you're trying to lead out of your emotions or being led by your emotions rather than your relationship with Christ. I've been feeling like that this week. Again, this is, I was at, I think it's funny that I'm here sharing this with you guys because I think I need to hear this more than anybody else today. Um, Another symptom is you're stuck focusing on the short term um, or the day-to-day and never looking ahead. Um, This kind of relates to the last symptom, but yeah, you feel so busy, feel so stressed, feel so rushed that you never... Um, or you only look at what's directly in front of you um, and you're never looking at down the line. But if you look or if you never look at where you're headed, then you ultimately won't really go anywhere in particular. That's a symptom that your emotions are leading you. The last symptom that I have to share is constantly, constantly ignoring stress or pain. Um, so another funny one, because marriage really hits you in the fa- <laughs> hits you in the face with these ones. <laughs> um, if you constantly feel stressed, but you never stop to confront that feeling um, or work through those feelings or share those feelings, this is a sign that you're being led by your emotions. It might feel like the opposite, though. In my case. To me, it feels like I'm taking control when I shove down my emotions and I suppress them. And no, Cassie, I don't want to talk about how I'm doing. Thank you very much. I shove them down and I'm taking control. I'm not being led by my emotions. I'm leading them. Uh, But it's actually the opposite. My fight for control, your fight for control over your emotions or anything is actually a rejection of God's control in your life. So if you shove those emotions down, you're trying to control those. You're not letting God control you. You're letting your emotions lead you rather than letting uh, Jesus lead you and leading out of a place of your relationship with Christ. So then how do we lead out of intimacy with Jesus and not 
um, be led by our emotions? Um, how do we cultivate our relationship, uh, more intimacy with Jesus? I have a few points here. This isn't a comprehensive list. The first point, um, how do we do that? Press into church family. I said before, say it again, faith is a family affair. It's not something that you do on your own or can do well at all on your own. Um, Let your faith and your intimacy with Jesus encourage and uplift those around you, your family, the people you walk with, and be encouraged and uplifted by their faith as well. This is one of the reasons why family is so important. We can't do anything uh, without Jesus, which is why he made us a family. We all bring Jesus to each other. We bring more Jesus to each other. We speak the truth of Christ to each other when someone else is down and needs to hear that truth. And we do the same when someone else, or they do the same for us when we need it. We're the hands and feet of Jesus when our brother or sister needs a lift or a push. This is why we have all kinds of practices, systems, ways to keep each other accountable as a church. We have a model of doing things Um, And it systematically integrates Jesus into more and more of my life, into more and more of your life. You might feel uncomfortable with the concept of systematizing intimacy or making a system of growing closer to Christ, but it's true. The more areas of your life that have Jesus built into it, uh, the more Jesus naturally becomes a bigger part of your life. It's pretty simple. Um, The things we do as a church, or in other words, the things that we ask of our leaders and our leaders ask of us, are not a to-do list of being a good Christian, um, but they're things that we, we do, we can do, we get to do, that bring us closer to Christ, the person who is peace and rest. The second Uh, way to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, lead out of intimacy with Christ, is to take out the earphones. Spend that break time that you've got, whenever it is, not filling your thoughts and sounds with other things like podcasts, videos, Netflix, music, whatever. Um, But spend that time meditating on God's word, talking to God, listening to God, I think that we live our life. We live really loud lives. Um, we're really crowded with sensory input all the time. I know I am. It's like you're watching something or you're listening to something or something's always playing or I go for a walk and I pop in my podcast or I go for a drive and I play my music and it's if we're not thinking about it, if we're not intentional about it, then we're we're kind of always just being pumped with this stuff that just kind of numbs you. Um, and you, we never really slow down to, to spend time with God. And um, so this is an easy thing. Take a break. It's good. You need it. And uh, just take the headphones out for a couple minutes. Um, the next thing, routines and regularity are important. It's not a first thing, but routines are a means to the end of intimacy with Jesus. They're just a tool. Be disciplined with yourself and allow others to keep you accountable to routines. This includes things like daily devotional time with God, um, in his word, things like weekly huddle, strategic missional engagement, Sunday gatherings with your simple church family, routine check-ins with your leaders or other family members to keep you accountable. These are all really good things. Um, This isn't a rule, again. If you miss something, you're not bad. Um, You don't lose points for not showing up to whatever, but the more regular, the better. Um, Accountability is super key and like I, like I said before, um, the more things that you have Jesus built into and the more you stick to that, the more Jesus naturally becomes a part of your life. Next point, 
uh, do something you delight in with God, or in other words, have fun with God. This is something I never did uh, until my SCURD training, Simple Church Regional Director training, and uh, all of us little baby SCURDs were told to, I think it was like two hours, um, Dan was just like, go do nothing with God. And we're all like, this is the very beginning of the week. First thing he's like, go do nothing with God for two hours. This is the start of your rigorous training. It's like, what? <laughs> just do something enjoyable. So I went for a bike ride up to the, to the cliffs and just sat, looked over the lake. Um, and this is, this is an awesome tool. I'm so thankful that I was introduced to this, having fun with God, go for a run, hike, bike ride, have a knitting session with God, uh, a guitar jam, whatever it is that you want to do, um, do it with God, invite God into that. Um, you don't always have to approach God's presence with some kind of goal or, uh, um, outcome. Yeah. That you're looking to, to achieve for that, you know, 20 minutes with God, I'm going to hear his voice right now. Um, you don't have to have a goal or, or anything that you must get. Just spend time with God, have fun with him. Fun's really important in relationships. I get closer to my simple church when we play games together and when we make each other smile. I get closer to God when I'm sitting in the park and I feel the warm breeze that he created and it makes me smile. And I'm, I'm just with a friend. Uh, I'm with my father and we're just having fun. You got, you get closer by having fun. The next thing you can do, um, to cultivate that intimacy with Jesus and not be led by your emotions, lift your head. Sometimes to get out of that place of being stuck, we talked about uh, the place of being stuck uh, where you're only looking at the here and now. You're not looking at the future at all. Um, how do you get out of that? Lift your head up. Look at the long term. Working towards something is a lot easier than just working for work's sake. We're working towards something. So what are you working towards? You may have done this with your simple church already, but take the time um, to think about your vision for the future as a family. Pro tip, do this with your Simple Church family. Something like, describe your Simple Church in two years. Write it down. What is your beautiful, what is a beautiful vision for your Simple Church in two years? What about five years? What about 10 years? Um, what does your relationship with God look like in two years? What would you love to see happen in our church in, in 10 years? Where would you uh, like us to be? Think about that with your simple church. Um, and then think about the small things you can do to get there. So you lift your head towards the future to get yourself out of that stuck place of, no, I'm only looking at now. I'm, I'm not looking at where we're going. Um, but don't rush there. It's a slow process. It's going to be slow. You don't have to rush or feel um, like a pressure of getting there fast. Um, don't get focused on only today. Be patient with the long-term goals and look at them. The last, uh, the last tip I have is to ask God. I saved this one for last. It's uh, definitely number one, though. Pray. Ask God to carry you. Ask the Holy Spirit to aid you. He is our helper. We can't do anything without him. Pray for a more intimate relationship with Jesus. Pray that you would not be led by your emotions, um, but led by God. So that's uh, really what I have um, for how to not be led by your emotions, leading out of uh, a relationship, a uh, personal walk with Jesus. Now I realize that what you don't want to hear is do more things. And you're right in saying that I just listed a bunch of things that you should do. 
but don't consider these the must do things to be good or the must do things to not be led by your emotions. The most important thing is that you work out of God or through God, not out of yourself. So whatever you do, I'm not going to nail any of these things this week. I've already failed basically at all of them. So you're not bad if you don't get it right away. Um, But just let God do the work instead of fighting and straining and all that suffering is going nowhere. Let God use your suffering. Let God lead your emotions and use those emotions rather, rather than being led by them. God doesn't need me to do his work in Waterloo. God's already enough. God doesn't need you to do whatever work you're called to, to lead your simple church well or to show up at SME this Thursday or Friday, whatever. Um, He doesn't need you, but it's an immense blessing to serve and be a part of this whole thing. It's the best thing for you. It's the best thing for me. It's not a back-breaking yoke. It's a light and freeing responsibility to do what you were created to do. So I'm going to end off just by reading Hebrews, the passage from Hebrews 12 again. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and let the sin that so easily in, or and the sin that so easily entangles let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart That's all I've got. Thank you, church. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was awesome. One of the things that I've really loved about hearing from the Scourge um, this July has been, I think there's the appreciation of how much wisdom like Jesus has been teaching you, uh, you all. Um, you guys have, I think, it's just, yeah, it's really amazing. 
Cool. Um, and I think what's particularly amazing is that there's there's the ability to communicate from uh, a place of um, like, hey, I read a bunch of ideas in a book and I'm regurgitating. <laughs> but there's a different type of communicating that comes when it's coming from your your experiences, yeah. from what Jesus has been teaching you. And I think what's been so encouraging about hearing from you as well as the other skirts has been the the fact that there's this like rich wisdom, but it's come from Jesus' work in your lives. It didn't come out of some simplistic sort of I just regurgitated a thing I heard in a sermon or from a book, but rather from the deep formation of the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. Not just you, but you, Ina, Jesse, yeah. Kirsten, like all yeah. the skirts. Like and so I'm just so appreciative um, of you guys and what what you bring to our church family. And so, yeah, just wanted to affirm you in that. Yeah, thank you. We're going to dive to Q&A. Drop questions in the chat. Mr. Kessler and I are going to dialogue. And yeah, do our be best. Fun. <laughs> um, so, um, Mel asks a great question here, which is, I, I think in essence is, how do we acknowledge and walk through or work through our emotions without being led by them? And sort of like, what's the difference between sort of you've, okay, I have this emotion, but now what? Yeah. yeah. How would you kind of process that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that I'm like, I'm trying to learn this. I'm trying to learn how to do this, just like everything I just said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th I think the first step practically is acknowledge it. Um, so like you said, how do we acknowledge it? Well, talk to someone about it. Um, someone asks you how you're doing um you can be honest <laughs> talk about it um share with somebody share with um you know somebody you're close with share with your simple church leader your or your whole simple church um and yeah i think so so once we acknowledge like this is how i'm feeling these are my emotions this has been really weighing me down maybe um, how do we ensure that those things aren't leading us? Um, I think that's where family is really, really important because I don't really have that ability and that's why I'm sharing it. Um, cause I shove things down and I'm going to swallow it and try to keep working. But, um, when I share something, the reason I'm stuck in that place is cause I don't know what to do. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. So I need, I need my family to come rally behind me and, and help me. I need somebody to speak uh, the truth of God's word to me and remind me that um, maybe what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling is a lie. And I need the truth spoken into me um, to kind of correct that. Um, yeah, so... As a family, we need to foster an environment of vulnerability where it's it's welcomed. It's not just okay, it's welcomed. Please share your burden with me so I can help you. And and please, like if you are feeling something weighed down by something, acknowledge it with somebody else. Do that with someone else and ask them, what do I do? And if you don't know what to do, if my brother or sister comes to me, man, this is how I'm feeling. Well, <laughs> man, I feel the same way. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, you know, talk to somebody else about this, but we're in this together. Um, don't, don't, don't hide it and cover it up and, and let that boil up in you as it so often does, but acknowledge that with somebody else. And as a family, let's, let's rally together and um, make sure we speak truth to each other yeah that's really really good i love the emphasis on family um and then maybe one of the implicit things that you're communicating is there's when somebody brings a sort of a, a burden or that emotions are always real in the sense that what we're feeling is always real yeah. to what we're feeling yeah. like if i'm feeling disappointed or sad or angry um but the why behind what we're feeling is not always real yeah and so I think that part of what we need to learn to do is affirm the emotion, give space for the emotion, but then ask, well, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Yeah. And so first of all, ask that of ourselves, right? 
but then if somebody brings it to us to, to having given space to, to listen to what they're hearing, ask, well, what's, what's going on? Where is that coming from? Yeah. Um, something that I've observed a lot. Did you want to jump on that? Thought? Yeah. Good. But, okay. Yeah. I mean, back to what I shared earlier about, um, like at the very beginning, I said, your feelings matter and they do. And, um, that example I shared when I moved to Waterloo and I was so fearful of getting a message from Dan, well, I eventually talked to him about it and I was feeling so, um, I was feeling so overwhelmed. Like, you know, I have way too much to do. I didn't have too much to do at all. I had like two things to do. I had so little to do, but I felt like I had way, way too much to do. And so when I shared that, um, I was given the space um, that I was loved and, and told, yeah, man, like, that's, it's okay that you're feeling that. But um, I wasn't, my feelings weren't affirmed. Like, they were validated. Like, yeah, you feel that, and it's okay to feel that. Mm-hmm. But um, I wasn't feeling overwhelmed. I wasn't feeling like I had too much to do and overwhelmed because I had too much to do. I was feeling like that because I thought there were all these expectations of me. Um, and so I was letting those expectations crush me. There were no expectations of me in reality. That wasn't the truth. So what I was feeling was real and I needed to be comforted in that. But um, the truth of it's okay, you don't have to perform, was spoken to me and that really helped take that load off. And, and that truth was spoken to a place of, it's okay that you feel that, but but why you don't feel that isn't true. That's a lie. Right. Yeah. That's so good. And it actually started to speak to some of the other questions that are coming in, which is, cool. I just let you riff on that. Cause it's, <laughs> yeah, and I think it is a, it takes time, I think, as a leader to learn, and this is something that I've really had to grow in because, um, I'm not naturally very good at validating how people feel. Yeah. That's something I struggle with. Um, and people often feel very intense expectations when they're around. They're always really demanding. <laughs> totally. And, um, but, um, and so I've really had to learn how to walk this road of, of recognizing and giving space for people to feel what they feel, but then walking with them to dig to the deeper why yeah. and being patient on that process yeah. and then assessing what's, what's true or what's not true within that why. Right. Something that I've observed a lot of, our, of, of people struggle with is articulating what they're feeling. Mm. So they're feeling some sort of vague kind of I'm upset. Mm. Um, and uh, almost before you can walk through to figure out like what am I like, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? You have to figure out what you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, and so this is where in our daily devos, we've started to put like charts to help people expand their vocabulary yeah. to move from just a generic kind of upset to maybe a more precise, say, envious. Yeah. Um, and so trying to, trying to hone our emotions and our vocabulary. And something that I'm just going to throw this out before I toss you the next question that can really help people develop that sort of that generic emotion to something more specific is writing it down. Uh, not everybody's into this, but for a lot of people, writing down their emotions can be a really helpful uh, tool to help them move from, to, to answer the question, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then is it true? Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, and, and share it again. Like for me personally, I am really an emotionally immature in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> I'll be like just so whatever grumpy and Cassie's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, ah, nothing. I don't know. <laughs> but it takes some talking it through to get to that place of like starting to understand what I'm actually feeling. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, yeah, a lot of times, like for me, at least it's really helpful to talk to someone, um, with some emotional maturity who can ask me prodding questions and like start to poke at it and figure out what I'm feeling. Not just like, they sucks. <laughs> we highlight something really important there, which is that you want to be talking to somebody that has emotional maturity. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to take our burdens to somebody 
uh, that's just going to validate, yeah, yeah. Um, not just validate how we feel, but then validate all the incorrect assumptions about yeah. why we're feeling. And this is, I think, the difference between the emotionally mature and the emotionally immature, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the emotionally mature person has the ability to sift truth from lie within our emotions. Mm. Uh, and then, okay, we're, we're going to keep rambling. We're just rolling here. We're actually covering all the questions <laughs> that are coming in, just not it. directly. Yeah, so. love your family and be committed to them. And when someone, someone you love and someone who loves you, you take your emotions to them and... Um, you're comforted and then slapped with the truth and you're maybe offended. Like you, I wanted to be, I wanted to be validated. I want to sit here in my misery and I just want, you know, someone to be miserable with me. Well, no, the person who loves me is going to tell me the truth. What even when, even when it's hard to hear. And so I need to be willing to love that person, especially when they offend me. Because mm. if you're if you want to if you want to get to that place of getting out of being led of those your emotions, you're gonna be confronted with some truths that hurt. Um, so you gotta let you gotta let somebody tell you um, and be willing to love them when you're offended by it. Mm. That's good. So, I mean, this is gonna open a whole can of worms. Okay. So I don't know what we're gonna what's gonna happen. Let's go. This one, but, <laughs> but you know, how do we? Um, What, what kind of heart issues do you think exist that might cause people to bulldoze their emotions? Um, so some people kind of get paralyzed by their emotions, um, but I think you highlighted that, that there's another kind of category of, of person that can just kind of like, I'm taking control, Yeah, uh, I'm going to go. Um, and that can create some very real problems because yep. it just leads to like ignoring yep. our emotions and all of a sudden we just start exploding. Oh, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. It's never pretty. No, no. It is never pretty. Yeah. Why do you think, like, what kind of, um, like, heart issues or uh, kind of causes are behind that? Uh, maybe in your own life yeah. or in some of the people you've discipled, and then if you want, yeah. I can also uh, share some of my own totally. story. Totally. I'm going to love your wisdom. Uh, heart issues, pride. <laughs> Every time. Every man. single time. <laughs> it's always pride. <laughs> but it boils down to I'm basically too good for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I, so for me, this there's like this layer that it took me a while to understand of pride that I um, didn't get that it was pride, but there was like this chip on my shoulder that I'm really good at things. Like, Steven is the man deep down. Like, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I'm the man, but I'm the man. And I'm really good at leading and whatever. I'm good at all these things. Well, when I am confronted with the fact that I'm not good at all these things and I'm not the man, um, all of a sudden, all these things, all these feelings come. And um, I want to shove them down. Like, that's my tendency is, like, shove them down and do what needs to be done. Um, but it took me a long time to recognize that it was pride in me that said, like, no, Stephen, you are good at leadership. You're good at uh, getting the job you want, and you're good at school and all these things. Um, and when I started to not perform and started, the God showed me, like, no, Stephen, it's not you doing anything good. Nothing you've done is you. And I start failing in different ways or slipping, then I'm like, um, what I feel or, yeah, what I feel is like, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm confused, uh, I'm super stressed. But what was really happening is my pride was just taking a giant tumble. And um, I was starting to realize, like, no, I'm not good in myself and I'm not super strong like I thought I was. And I have to rely on God. And so it took, um, yeah, that realization of my pride to come to terms with the fact that I have to rely on God. Mm. So that's definitely a big one, pride. Mm. And I think even, it's like sometimes we, we go to, the, to this question of pride, which I think you've really helpfully kind of unpacked. But then we can kind of look at it and go, like, well, now what? What do I do? Yeah. 
like, oh, crap, I'm prideful. <laughs> um, and the problem is, the problem with pride is that, that it's very hard to kill. Um, and unfortunately, our repeated humiliations don't kill our pride, right? So you have these encounters where it's like your pride is attacked. And no matter how many times it happens, it just doesn't kill our pride. Yeah. It just makes us more protective. Yeah. Um, In a lot of ways, I think that the, like the antidote to this is like the sufficiency of Christ in us, and and us in Him. Like you didn't touch on it, but your 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 message was just screaming John fifteen, like I am the vine, you are the branches. Mm. Abide in me, and so often, like our, our desire to push our emotions down is, I think, like you say, deep down, we're recognizing that we are not enough, mm-hmm. and we're afraid to confront that fact that. Wait, I, I am not enough. Yeah. I'm not as good as I think I am. Mm-hmm. But the answer isn't to then go, well, I'm not enough. Well, it was me. Yeah. Then it's just to go, but Christ, I could do all things through mm-hmm. Christ. In him, I am enough. Yeah. Um, and all of these things, these tendencies, like, it's actually an invitation for us to deepen our love of Jesus um, and, like, be compelled to... I think a deeper faith and a deeper joy of walking with him. Yeah. And so when we push the emotions down and refuse to confront them out of our pride, we're actually denying ourselves a deeper walk with Jesus where we mm-hmm. learn that he is enough despite our inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of like a one, two there, right? Cause it's like pride exposes it, but then it's actually like, let that be a call to deeper intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. Um, which then opens up like, okay, I can now confront my emotions because yeah. I'm not afraid of not being enough. I'm yeah. not afraid of being inadequate. I'm not yeah. afraid of my pride taking a hit because I've realized how loved I am. And so maybe another way of putting it is that we just don't, we just desperately want to be loved. And some of us just don't know how loved we are by mm. our father. And being loved by Jesus is really the antidote yeah. to so much of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, good. This is uh, been a good conversation. Yeah. I like this format. Just chit-chat. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to questions. <laughs> I think we covered all the questions that kind of came in one okay, way or cool. another. Um, but, dude, really appreciate you. Yeah. Really appreciate you and Cassie. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. I love that. And uh, so, Father, we just thank you for Stephen and Cassie. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encourage them today. But for each person on, on this call, whether it's they've, been, they've commented in the chat or if we don't know who's exactly here, Lord, I pray that the words that you've spoken through Stephen, God, just the, the work that you've done in him, that you've percolated into wisdom and communicated word, Lord, would be sown into people as an encouragement and an invitation to know you more deeply, to abide in you, to trust in you more deeply. Father, we thank you for uh, his relationship with Cassie and their marriage. Lord, we pray you bless it um, as it's young and still growing. Uh, Father, we pray that they would uh, just be fruitful in everything that they're putting their hands to. Um, Jesus, we pray that they, more than anything, would love you more tomorrow than they do today. Yes. Each day for the rest of their lives. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Love you guys. Thanks, love all of you on the chat and on uh, the webcast this evening. We'll see you next week for the first Leaders Assembly. Um, Some similarities to what we've been doing, but also some really exciting changes. So be blessed. Have a great week.